We are given by Christ in our gospel today the two great commandments. To love our God and to love our neighbor. That first commandment of loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, body, and strength comes from the Old Testament as we heard in our first reading. In the Jewish faith, it's referred to as the Shema. That first commandment, that first duty, if you will, to give to God our entire heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. And to love him with everything that we have. And of course, to love our neighbor as ourself is a huge part of that. These two great commandments, brothers and sisters, are the basis for so many other commandments that God gives us. They're really the basis for all of the laws of God. If you think of even going back to the Ten Commandments, those first three commandments are about loving God. The final seven are about loving our neighbor. These two great commandments are the foundation for so much Christian morality and so much of our social teaching. And to us, these commandments can make, obviously, a lot of sense. God is love itself. He created us. And therefore, he wants us to love him. Also, when we love someone, we end up loving what they also love. So therefore, we know that God loves us. And if we love him, we love what he loves. So naturally, we are called to love one another. However, these two commandments are also the source of a great deal of debate. And a lot of profound misunderstanding. We might think to ourselves, how on earth is this possible? It's so clear what Jesus wants us to do, to love God and to love neighbor. What could be possibly wrong or ambiguous about that? Well, we live in a world that does not know what love is, doesn't know God very well, and a lot of times doesn't even know who our neighbor is. So this commandment can get confusing very quickly to a lot of people. So it's no surprise that there are a lot of distortions regarding this, these two commandments. And I think one particular distortion in particular concerns the balance between these two commandments, what it means to love God and to love our neighbor. It's one particular distortion that I think is very common in our world today. Sometimes, again, this, in this distorted idea, we think that we have to choose either to love God or to love our neighbor. And in particular, we can sometimes think that when we love God, it is to the detriment of loving our neighbor. That if somehow I give my love to God, my neighbor is lacking in any charity that I might give to them, Or if somehow I love my neighbor, I don't have time for God. But mainly it's that we, we think that if we love God, then we are doing it to the detriment of our neighbor. But brothers and sisters, this is not, this is not how we are to think about these two commandments or to go about living our lives. The evil one always tries to make false dichotomies and to make us think in purely absolute terms. Think of it this way, is Jesus God or man? Yes, he is both. Are we, called, are we saved by faith or works? Yes, it is by both. So often the evil one tries to pit two ideas against each other when the Catholic understanding is a both and rather than an either or. And Satan often is the one that confuses us to think that we have to think in absolutes at times. But this is false brothers and sisters. These ideas go together, loving God and loving neighbor. 
St. John tells us in his first letter that if we cannot love our neighbor whom we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? These two loves go together. And frankly, we need and must do both of them. And again, when in our world today, I think if there's one of those two parties, if you will, that's lacking the, you know, getting the proverbial short end of the stick, it's probably our love for God, right? And I think the parallel exists so often in marriages and in families. One of the questions in my marriage prep materials that I propose to, uh, to engaged couples is this. Do good parents always put their children's needs first? And the correct answer is actually no. Not because we ignore our kids or neglect them. But by loving each other, husband and wife actually love their children in return. A strong marriage, a strong marital bond is one of the greatest gifts that can be given to children. By loving each other, you inherently love your children, as I like to say. It's giving them the best foundation they could possibly have. It's not an either-or. It is a both-and. And again, we know that obviously kids shouldn't be neglected. But if you love each other as husband and wife, that's probably not going to be an issue for you. It probably won't be much of an issue. And the same thing goes with God. If we love God with our heart, soul, mind, body, and strength, by extension, we will most likely love our neighbor fairly well. It probably won't be much of an issue for us. By loving God, we also love our neighbor. And by loving what God loves, namely our neighbor, we also love God too. Now, this can be difficult to do sometimes because loving our neighbor is so much easier than loving God because our neighbor is right in front of us. Our neighbor is so tangible. It's hard to love a God who we can't see, to fall in love with maybe an abstract concept, if you will, that God can sometimes seem like. We have to make sure that we give God his due and to show God the love that we know that he deserves. Again, think of it this way, even back to marriage, for example. A couple diligently providing for their children, going out of their way to help others. Maybe at some point one of them will say, one of these nights we'll have a date night. One of these nights we'll eventually have some time together and maybe putting it off and putting it off and giving and giving in so many good ways, but sometimes not having time for each other. We can feel that same way with God sometimes. One of these days I'll go into the Adoration Chapel and do a holy hour. One of these days I'll pray a rosary. One of these, one of these years I'll eventually go on that White House retreat that I've really wanted to go on. Or do something to get more involved with my faith. And sometimes we can get, just push the ball, you know, move it a little bit away and, and ignore it for a while. We have to make sure that we have time for God, brothers and sisters. And that is not to the neglect or the detriment of our neighbor. By loving God, we love our neighbor by extension. So we mustn't allow Satan to convince us that by loving God, we neglect our neighbor. Because that's a lie. Christ commands the scribe and he commands us to do both today. We ought to follow his example. So let us love God with our heart, our entire heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. But also love what God loves, namely, love, namely one another. Let us let that love be the inspiration for everything that we do. For we have a God who is love itself, who commands us to participate in that love and extend that love to everyone that we meet.